Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. Are ACL injuries, anterior cruciate ligament injuries, more common in women than men, and why might that be? My guest is Dr. Eric Chahab. He's an orthopedic surgeon with Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. Welcome to the show, doctor. So let's talk about ACL injuries. What are they to begin with? Sure. So, Melanie, um, thanks for having me first off. Um, ACL injuries are ligament injuries to the knee that cause the knee to be unstable. And... um, this instability that patients have can be obviously very problematic if they're doing any high-level activities such as running and cutting. So the most common way to injure an ACL, running, cutting, that's why we're seeing that in soccer and, you know, even women in, that don't play sports, doctor, have, have these injuries from heels and from those lateral motions. Does this injury require surgery, and is it something that, you know, physical therapy, rehab can fix? Tell us about it. So when an ACL is injured, it typically occurs in a non-contact situation. And it typically occurs with a planted leg, and it happens with a rapid deceleration and acceleration motion. So typically uh, patients who have these injuries, athletes who have these injuries, are changing direction. They're either stopping abruptly and cutting to one side or the other, and the knee will give way. And what happens inside the knee is the ACL becomes overloaded. And as it becomes overloaded, it simply rips, it tears. Um, the consequence of it is that without that ligament in the knee, the knee can become unstable both translationally, meaning forward and backwards, and it can become unstable rotationally. And it's not with every step or with every movement, but it just puts the knee at high risk, uh, particularly with um, those type of acceleration and deceleration activities of giving way. So you hear about ACLs and you hear about surgery um, quite frequently, hand-in-hand, because we are, have the ability to reconstruct the ACL. We can make a new ACL um, from other tissue. And by doing so, we can give the knee back that rotational stability and that translational stability that goes away when the ACL is torn. Are the tears permanent? We know that, you know, rotator cuff tears kind of never heal themselves. Do ACL tears, do they heal themselves? You know, very rarely. Most ACL tears, once they occur, the ACL is torn. Now, the ACL can scar in different areas in the knee and create a, quote-unquote, pseudo, un, pseudo-stable knee. Um, most of the time, once the ACL is torn, the knee becomes more loose, more lax, we call it, and that laxity in the knee is typically permanent. Now, physical therapy, rehab, and prevention. So let's start with prevention, and you talked about that stopping, starting lateral motion. What can we do to train to keep that, and and even for our children that play soccer or if we're an athlete ourselves, what can we do to make sure that that knee is a good, strong, stable joint? Well, that's a great question, and that's one that's being addressed um, at all different levels of, of athletic participation. There's no question that ACL prevention programs work. Um, when uh, athletes engage in these programs, they learn positions that are helpful in changing directions and positions to avoid. 
and they're repetitive exercises that are meant to train the knee and train the body to, number one, get in the positions that are safe, and number two, avoid the positions that are unsafe. The programs work very effectively and can go in conjunction with practices. The problem is to really make a program effective, it chews up a lot of practice time. And so um, it's, it's difficult to do both at the same time. And typically, the ACL prevention programs are most effective when you're doing it concurrently. But the moment you stop, we tend to fall back into our old habits. And so one of the limitations of these prevention programs is they typically work while you're doing it. And then when you stop, you kind of revert back to that baseline risk. And so we're wondering, as a community, whether these prevention programs should be instituted at younger ages so that these habits can be um, made more permanent, so that as, as young kids develop into adolescent athletes who are probably most at risk, they have these preventative techniques and preventative positions of their hip, knee, and ankle to prevent ACL injury. Give us a few examples, Dr. Chahab, of things that, you know, we might see in that prevention program. So a a lot of the prevention programs are based upon uh, uh, balance-type activities, jumping and landing. Again, these are the the positions where patients will be at risk. And so they're taught to to land on their toes and on a bent knee. They're taught not to jump and and land on a heel strike or a, a straight leg because, again, this puts the the knee at risk for, for, for buckling and, ro- and rotating unpredictably. Um, so these, these training programs take about 30 to 40 minutes to complete. They're done on a, on a relatively day- daily basis, about five days a week. And that's the issue. It just takes time. And uh, you know, it's hard to incorporate this into a practice. Now, I think that the coaches who are able to incorporate it into a practice will probably have fewer injuries on their team. Um, and it's just a matter of weighing that against the lost practice time, whether or not they feel it's worth it. So as girls and ladies are learning some of this prevention, what do you think about other methods of supporting that stable knee? I mean, we we talk about quadriceps strength and hamstring strength and flexibility and, you know, even your gastrox coming up behind the knee to keep a good strong knee. To brace or not to brace? Are you a brace guy? So it's interesting that you mentioned that most of the collegiate um, football male programs will brace their athletes um, during the week. And there is data, it's, there's conflicting data, but I think the majority of data will say that bracing provides some benefit. Um, I think the benefit that it provides is um, something called proprioception. It's not so much that it's adding to the mechanical stability of the knee, but proprioception is the idea that your, your, your brain knows where your knee is in space and then can reflexively adjust. And having a brace on the knee may improve that proprioception. It may improve uh, the knee's ability to sense where it is in space, the, the body's ability to sense where it is in space and therefore protect it. So I, I personally am a believer in bracing in some situations. I, I typically use it um, postoperatively as opposed to prophylactically, and I will use bracing um, during the first 6 to 12 months after a surgery when athletes return to sport, simply because that's a time when athletes are most vulnerable to re-rupturing uh, the ligament. And I think it's important that you mention the proprioceptive techniques because that goes along with the balance that you mentioned and some of the other training techniques to just kind of know where your body is in space and what it's doing so that you have a better, better handle and better control on your situation and ice. We only have about two minutes left, Dr. Chahab, but 
can you just overstretch your ACL, and then in which case are you an ice man? <laughs> I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Do we do we ice a knee if it's sore after training? Right. right. So you, you can sprain the ACL, and then a sprained ACL does have the potential to return the normal. And and so yes, um, uh, you can consider that. But typically, if if a patient has an instability episode where their knee gives way, their knee swells afterwards, that ligament's going to be torn and either fully torn or such a high grade tear that what's left is unlikely to be functional. So it is possible to sprain an ACL. It is possible to ice it. It is possible to, to do non-operative treatment. Um, in fact, when we talk about non-operative treatment, in adolescent female athletes, it's not typically an option. But in, 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 in 30 to 40-year-old age group patients who are tearing their ACLs, the sort of weekend warrior um, women who, who injure their knees playing various sports, um, non-operative treatment is, is, not, um, is not an uncommon option simply because if, if patients are engaged in more straight-ahead exercises, their knee can remain stable. And so the goal of treatment, whether operative or non-operative, is a stable knee. We just happen to do a lot better creating a stable knee under all circumstances with surgery, and that's the benefit of the surgery. Thank you so much, Dr. Eric Chahab, orthopedic surgeon with Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.